Audio recording, February 11th, 2010. Um, I'm going to read a short little essay that I wrote in November 2006. And I just did a posting on it. And I'm going to... Uh, at the end, you can also listen to Mac Tony's uh, reading a very similar short essay. And he read it on Greg Bishop's Radio Mysterioso show. Um, and here's my essay. It's short and... Uh, and I actually was very happy with the way it turned out. It's titled, Cat and String. The term UFO implies a lot, and, by definition, it's unknowable. How can I wrap my head around something so utterly strange, something that, no matter how you look at it, remains unknowable? Here's something that helps me. I use a piece of string when I play with my cat. I stand in the kitchen and wiggle it around, and my cat just goes nuts. I never really let her catch the string. I try to keep it just an inch in front of her. Sometimes she'll manage to get her claws into it, but I'll snap it away and out of her reach. Does she think the string is alive? I can't help but think this is exactly what's happening to us. To me, this phenomenon is similar to that piece of string. It wiggles out in front of us, but it's simply impossible to catch. Does my cat have a way to perceive it as string? Maybe, but she doesn't seem to be that insightful. Her reality is that it's a wonderful, special, living thing that magically amplifies her very being. The string game can get so overwhelming that she gets positively unhinged with excitement. And the experience described by abductees may be impossible to accurately perceive. This bizarre experience is, like the string, capable of overwhelming and unhinging. Do we say that the UFO occupants are visiting us in the same way my cat would say the string is alive? One thing that draws me to the subject is that, at its core, it's just such an intensely wonderful and scary story. I used to love spooky campfire stories as a child. Now, as an adult, I still crave that mysterious thrill, and the UFO phenomenon fulfills that need. Is there something universal about our need for a scary story? Do they know about that need and frame the experiences in a way that will satisfy us on some deep level? These stories are so elusive. We want to be able to kick the tires of the experience, but it just doesn't happen. As soon as we get close to a clue or an answer, it has a way of skittering away, just out of our reach, like the string on my kitchen floor. My cat needs to play the string game to truly fulfill her catness. Do we need the experience of trying to confront an elusive mystery to truly fulfill our humanness? A pragmatic scientist would say no, but what would a primitive shaman say? My cat and I are connected to each other when we play the string game. So then, what are we connected to? I posted this as my very first blog posting on March 3rd, 2009, and the very first comment came through from Mac Tony's um, at 10.39 p.m. that same day. And he said, Have you read my essay about cats and laser pointers? We're on the same page, with a big exclamation point. And, uh, and the next thing you're going to hear is his essay about cats and laser pointers. And I think we are on the same page, and it's really funny. So I figured I'd put both of these online in an audio format. And here's a short excerpt from Greg Bishop's Radio Mysterioso with Mac Tonys, recorded on July 27th, 2009. Have you ever done the thing with uh, laser pointers and cats? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah where you, but the cats chase the laser pointer around. I was doing that one night, and I, 
about. This was this is a perfect analogy for the UFO phenomenon. So here's one little anecdote I'll read. Here we go. Uh, every few nights I get out my laser pointer and indulge my cats in a frenetic game of chase. Cats are natural hunters and they're effectively incapable of not looking at the quickly moving red dot that I project onto the carpet walls or any piece of furniture that happens to be in its path. To my cat, the red dot, is, the red dot possesses its own vitality. It exists as a distinct entity. While they may see me holding the pointer, they can't or won't be distracted by such things once the button is pressed and the living room is suddenly alive with luminous vermin. So they chase it, and if they get close enough, they even take swipes at it, in which case I make the dot flee or appear, or excuse me, or disappear in what seems like a concession of defeat, which of course only furthers, only further arouses the cat's predatory curiosity. All the while I'm controlling the red dot, I'm taking pains to make it behave like something intelligible. Just waving the pointer around the room wouldn't be any fun, so I make it climb, jump, and scuttle when cornered, even though the laser's impervious to obstructions. The sense of quality seems to be the element that makes chasing the laser so engaging, both for the cats and for me. I can't help but be reminded of our continue, continuing search for assumed extraterrestrial vehicles. UFO sightings demonstrate many of the same aspects of a typical feline laser hunt, mysterious disappearances, impossible maneuvers, and a predilection for trickery. The apparent desire to be seen despite, or perhaps because of, a technology presumed to be far in advance of our own. More than one UFO researcher has noted that UFOs behave more like projections or holograms than nuts and bolts craft, an observation that begs the nature of the intelligence doing the projecting. According to astrophysicist Jacques Blais, UFOs are part of a psychosocial conditioning system by which perceived rewards are doled out to reconcile for the dearth of irrefutable, excuse me, irrefutable physical evidence. The phenomenon, whatever its ultimate nature, obstinately denies itself, thus enabling the very game it's intent on playing with us. We see that sudden spark of red light, we bounce. This time we'll catch it for sure. So that's <laughs> kind of my uh, philosophy towards UFO research in a nutshell. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are pushing for one idea which uh, kind of sits there just out of reach over and over again, yet they still chase that same red light. And you and, and Nick and other people, including me, have talked about the idea that uh, as soon as our perce perception of what it is, uh, quote-unquote, changes, it's going to be something else. Exactly, yeah. It's just slippery. It's like one of those little uh, balloon toys you play with at the pool or at your uh, one of those little snake things, you know, that you, you yeah. grab and it squirms it out of your hand like some little animal or something. Yeah, it's like uh, it, it changes, and it's done this throughout history. Um, uh, different cultures have, have always perceived these, this phenomenon, assuming it's the same phenomenon, and, and it seems to have at least at least some aspects in common with with each successive incarnation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're hard-pressed to find any, any culture on the planet that doesn't have um, that doesn't have a history of, of something very much like the UFO phenomenon. Of course, it's never been expressed in, in aeronautical terms until our era, but uh, the, the salient elements are still there. Um, assuming, assuming beings are, are present, uh, the... Uh, the whole prospect of uh, pregnancy has played a pretty major role. In fact, I, in, in the Invisible College, Shockfully talks about how it's it's next to impossible to find a, a culture on Earth that doesn't have a mythology, a folklore of beings from the sky abducting pregnant women. You know what? A, what a strange thing for 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 a uh, you know culture to have a 
some sort of predisposition to you, but that's what we find. And you know, in our in our Western secular society, that aliens from space seem to to fit the mold. So you know, but whether we're in fact dealing with aliens with some sort of uh, obsession with with genetics. Uh, you know that that's a popular hypothesis. Uh, it has a certain appeal, but I think once once we decide on that collectively, it'll the phenomenon will change and it will be something else. And um, whether whether this is ultimately something that we can understand, or whether it's ultimately something that will always keep changing, whether it's inherently metamorphic, that's that's a question that's just uh, absolutely uh, to me is just uh, you know can make you lose sleep. <laughs> It also sounds like um, ideas in physics where they come up with a theory and then there's you know enough people looking at enough evidence, the theory doesn't support it, and it changes, um, you know, maybe every, used to change every 10 years and every five now theories about the universe are changing seemingly every, you know, less, less than a 12-month cycle on them. I think it's been estimated that uh, 98% of the matter in the universe, we, we literally don't know what it is. And uh, we understand very little. We understand a lot, but it's still only a fraction of, of what we can see in the observable universe. <laughs> Dark matter. <laughs> okay, just hearing Max's voice, and my cat is just about to jump in my lap here on the, as I sit on the computer. Um, just hearing Max's voice like that, uh, it just seems like such a uh, haunting and beautiful thing that uh, we can just... Uh, click a few buttons and listen to his recorded voice. It's very, very reassuring that that, that voice is still around in, in some form, even if only in a recording. I would also like to add that uh, if anyone ever does a questionnaire, one of those questionnaires about like uh, UFO experiences and paranormal experiences, I hope they include the question, are you a cat or dog person? I, uh, I seem to be uh, not alone in my assessment that <laughs> these funny, curious, paranormal quandaries seem to, uh, they seem to latch on to the folks that are very much cat people. Uh, and and uh, that's not universal by any means, but it is a very curious statistical anomaly. My friend Mac, ever the technologist, with his laser beam, and myself with a dopey piece of string. And here comes my cat. Um, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.